world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So we have two special guests today. And before I introduce them, I want to just do a little housekeeping. So people saw in the video uh, this new door hanger that all the lawyers in New Jersey said not to print. So I printed 10,000 of them. <laughs> it says, warning, the occupants of this home have not committed any crimes. Anything resembling a forced or dynamic entry will be interpreted as a violent home invasion and met with deadly force. No one here wants anyone to get hurt. For our safety and yours, please be patient and knock. Uh, if you go on the Gun for Hire site or you get a mass email uh, today and tomorrow, you'll see how to get some. You've got to come into the range. And unless you live really far away or you're a friend of mine like Gary Allison, you'll be able to uh, get some. Otherwise, get in your car and drive your ass up here. The next thing I want to talk about, these guys that are coming on the show are part of the vocal minority. Some people would say the 3%. And people ask me why I do this all the time, and I'm sure they get asked the same thing. Obviously, we, we're tired of our rights being unsurped. But I got an email from a guy, and he goes, I met you several weeks ago at a play in New York City. This is legit. Thanks for all you do, and speak for the, the us who can't speak in public. However, we do speak with our money and our vote. I'm a teacher and a coach in Essex County. However, I cannot speak my conservative views in public because of fear of retribution. I have been a member, NRA member for many years, and I thank you for speaking the truth on our Second Amendment rights here in New Jersey. Um, j j by the way, the NRA website is blocked in our district website, but all the w liberal websites they can still get on, but they can't get on the NRA website. Gun for Hire site is blocked by a lot of companies, too. Oh, no. Like, if you work for Pfizer, you can't go on the Gun for Hire website. It says it's blocked. Violent content. I can't get on any gun. See? Like. So it says, uh, he wanted us to know this, all right? And he was even concerned. He wouldn't post the, pic the picture we took online. So his name is... Uh, Mr. V, I'm just going to say. And that's one of the reasons why we do what we do. Listen, I own a gun range. I'm an NRA board member. I'm the state NRA executive vice president. I really don't give a shit. I'm not, I don't have to worry about my job. But some other people here have lives and careers and jobs, and they're risking it all. And we realize that all of you can't come out of the two-way closet, as Sandy would say. Well, because we're, he says in New Jersey, we're closet gun owners. You know, I have dentists that come here to shoot, and doctors, they, they, they can't post publicly yeah. that they come here because they'll lose half their patients, especially right. in a toxic environment today. So these guys drove up, I don't know, Mark Cheeseman here drove about three hours to get here, right? Took a mm -hmm. day off yeah. from work. Right, yeah. Right? Jay Factor, two hours? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Our two-way historian, he's probably supposed to be working today. His wife chased him out of the house with a rolling pin this morning or something like that. <laughs> I don't have all the details. What, am I close? You're pretty close. I'm pretty close. So so these guys, here, here's Mark that decides to take a case in New Jersey to get a carry permit, 
and uh, he was told early on the NRA the case was too soon. It was too early. It wasn't right. You're not the right plaintiff. Your hair's the wrong color. Whatever the whatever the case may be. And he dug his heels in and said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And Jay came in from behind as our two-way historian with a lot of uh, help on the case. And then, of course, early on we had John Gillard and then Mark uh, David Jensen is working on a case. But this guy, I talked about this last week on the show. Mark Cheeseman here bootstrapped this case, and it's now sitting at the U.S. Supreme Court. Like, everybody out there listening, like, think about that. The Supreme Court, the the amount of cases they actually take and the odds of actually getting a case all the way up through the Supreme Court. Now, of course, it's on hold because we don't know what's going on with New York State Rifle and Pistol and all the other shit. But holy shit, if you can't appreciate, and that's why, you know, Jay mentions it all the time. Not a week goes by, I don't, I don't mention Mark's case. That's you know, true. I, I, listen, I, I picked the plaintiff for Rogers. They, when the NRA was looking for somebody, you weren't in the picture yet. Rogers was before you, and I said, right. oh, I got a guy that qualified here, and he, he'd probably be good, and the NRA picked him. You would have been my next pick if, if I didn't have Rogers, but, you know, I support this case. Rogers' case has had hundreds of thousands of dollars of NRA, ANGRPC money donated by we, the members. Mark's case has had zero of that NRA money. Uh, and he's, you know, self-funded. So I wanted to have him on. He wants to talk about his case. Jay is going to chime in. And uh, obviously the case is still looking for donations. And it's GoFundMe.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. I mean, shit, all of you listeners out there, for him to get this case this far, just to be in his presence or shake his hand should be a $100 donation. I, I, I'm serious about that. Maybe I'll have him come up here one day, shake Mark's hand, hundred bucks, take a picture with him, two hundred and fifty bitches. I, I'm serious. He's got he's got a carry case sitting at the desk at the U.S. Supreme Court right. that originated out of New Jersey, yep. self funded. Self funded. Like pe- I want people to realize how important that is. Right. I want people to realize how important it is. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about your journey, and Jay, please chime in anytime you want. Okay, Th- thank you. Th- uh, thanks for having us back up here. It's a pleasure. Um, it is a pleasure. Uh, concer- for me. Concerning the case, uh, it c- kind of started out with uh, basically I applied for a carry permit in my hometown. I had no idea that you couldn't carry in New Jersey. I, I, not, not at all, not a clue. I was denied. Uh, lack of justifiable need. I went to court um, in Gloucester County. I, talked to the judge, he talked to me, he said, well, you're denied lack of justifiable need, urgent necessity, and I, you know, I said, what the hell, what the hell is all this? I, I had no clue You about thought, well, I'm a law-abiding citizen, yeah, I went through all the background I, checks, I want to carry a gun. I mean, I, I have friends in Pennsylvania and Delaware and whatnot, and they're carrying, they're okay, and uh, I said, all right, I'm denied, law-abiding citizen, no problem. I started looking into it a little bit more deeper, and uh, actually, the more the more deeper I looked into it, uh, frankly, the, the more pissed off I got. I'm like, you got to be goddamn kidding me! I got to jump through hoops to this Saturday necessity, uh, specific threats, uh, special mm. dangers, all this crap. Now wait a minute, you know what? I actually have that. A lot of that. I have the bulk of that. I have, I have maybe two of the three things they're looking for, but I don't have all three. So I decided to reapply. Give it another shot. And in the uh, course of that, 
I had started a, a Facebook group, uh, the Syndicate page, um, and the uh, what is the other one? Uh, the New Jersey uh, Second Amendment Right Fighters page, which was actually Albert Almedia's page, but he handed it over to me because he got fed up and said, "The hell, I'm he not doing this anymore." Yeah. <laughs> well, out of the corner of my eye, I catch uh, Jay Factor made a couple comments on there, and he started talking about the history. And the more I watched and and read what Jay was saying, the more Stop I realized standing. that the answer just may lie in the history of it. And the more interested I became in what Jay was saying, so we made contact, got together, and we talked about reapplying and appealing it and possibly taking it as far as we could take it. And I said, all right, let's do it. You write, you write a case, we'll write a case, we'll come up with the best possible case we can and see what we can do here, see if there's something we could do with the state of New Jersey uh, and the, pe the people of New Jersey. Um, we did have an issue where we're like, all right, well, what, what are we going to do about money because this, this isn't going to be cheap. And I said, all right, we'll go pro se through the Jersey courts. Quite I'm frankly, the Jersey courts are going to shoot us down anyway, so we might as well stay pro so, se. So, real quick, so they they started their journey pro se, and I'm aware of this. Uh, Jay, how many times was the case, case kicked back? Wrong type paper, wrong spacing, wrong font. <laughs> wrong Go font. ahead, guys. Tell, tell us uh, how pro se works. Yeah, I mean, uh, the appeals court kicked the case back three or four times uh, for wrong font, wrong colored paper. Uh, wrong size font. Yeah. Didn't uh, have the appendix attached. Didn't too many words. You're only allowed so many words on You're an appeal. You're only allowed so many words on an appeal. Imagine I think this. The limit was, you had to say under 2,000 words. Jay went. Uh, <coughs> this is 10, the same government that puts that up. <laughs> 2,000 words, 000 Jay went 10,000. Yeah, well, it's, hard, it's hard to do 200 years of history at 2,000 words. <laughs> you know, I, I got like this giant book, and I'm like, this isn't, isn't going to work. We've got to dumb this down some. And he's like, well, I really don't want to pull a set. We're going to have to pull it out. Uh, at the end of the day, appeals court just said no. They wrote, I think, a two-paragraph two reason, which was basically a copy-and-paste answer that I've seen a million times before. Yep. What's that, Sicardi? The Sicardi rule, urgent yeah. necessity. No, you don't have urgent necessity in New Jersey. Must have specific threats and previous attacks, and when I say previous attacks, it's plural. I brought that up in my case. It is plural the way it's written. The judges will tell you it's not plural, but it is written plural, which means you have to <laughs> survive more than one attack. And have the threat. So the guy has to attack you, try and, to kill and, you and twice, survive there. and then write you a letter and or say, I didn't get you on the first two, I'm coming for number you. three. Absolutely. Well, as Evan Knappen says, Makes they sense. issue your carry permit, New Jersey, posthumously. Yeah. After you're dead. Well, so, so that looks like on. how it's going to happen here. Yeah. That's what you. We had a meeting in the office before with Scott Baca. We we're talking about Supreme Court stuff, waiting for Dan Schmutter to tape the previous show. And Jay's like, "I'm going to have a, a cane by the time I get my carry permit, a walking cane on my carry permit." And it's true. Listen, I've been in this game since 1992. I, I don't I've know seen, how you find the patience for it. I really I, don't. I, what am I going to do? I've uh, seen yeah. the level of frustration. I've seen a couple of small wins. I was like, "Hallelujah!" Christie was 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 elected, and all he did was hold the line for eight years. And now we're back to governor. Murphy and it, it just it never seems to end it's just a constant now this I feel is the closest we've ever been the New York State case the Rogers case the Gould case and the effing Cheeseman case right. is the closest we've ever been and right. it's still going to take a year or two right. go, go ahead Mark now I just broke a blood vessel go ahead 
in between appeals court and New Jersey uh, Supreme Court, we decided that we're going to have to do something about money. So, uh, and this was actually a conversation me and John Juilliard had, and uh, we decided to open up the GoFundMe site. And uh, we, we did have a discussion with uh, the NRA about it. The NRA felt the case was premature. Uh, they couldn't fund it. And, uh, all right, we shook hands and walk away from each other. I'm still a member of the NRA, by the way. So for those of you out there that bash the NRA and do this with the NRA, you know, all right, at the end of the day, they didn't want to fund my case. I don't have any problem with that. All right, fine. I'm still an NRA member. That's it. Uh, end of argument there. It would have been nice, but it didn't happen. Instead, I went to the people in New Jersey. I said, look, this is what I'm proposing to do. I'm going to take it as far as I can take it. I'm not giving you any goddamn guarantees on anything. I'm still not. But I can guarantee you this. I will take it as far as humanly possible. And that is where we are now. And the people of New Jersey were very, very receptive. Uh, we've gotten donations for anywhere from, I don't know, $5 to $10 to $50 to $500 to $1,000 uh, each. You hear that, Walter Haas? Break uh, open a checkbook, you cheap bastard. Everybody <laughs> that donated, no matter what they donated or how much they donated, believe me, that money is going to good use. We are right now presently sitting in the Supreme Court on hold with a bunch of other people in line waiting. Uh, I honestly don't know where we're going yet. There's a lot of speculation on where the cases, why the cases are on hold, where they may go, where they may not go. I believe you're going to see one of two things happen. Either they pick a case and they hear the case at some point in time, or the cases may be remanded back down to the lower courts. I don't know what scenario it is going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of speculation out there. Or they could um, lump them all together. Yes. here's, here's uh, Yeah, they could bump them all here's, together, here's and that's the end of it. Here's how shit works, too. So the NRA decided not to take the case, but you hear Mark's still an NRA member. He's not trashing the NRA because we have the NRA, ANGRPC, CNJFO, SAF, Firearms Coalition, Firearms Poly Coalition. I can go on and on. Right. But here's the deal. Don't burn your bridges behind you because who knows exactly where his case right. is going to end right. up. All right. Mark's case might end up back at the lower court with the Rogers case, and Mark's case might get might bump the Rogers case, and if it bumps the Rogers case and it's going to go for uh, Supreme Court, the NRA might grab that case. Mm -hmm. Our Alan Gottlieb from SAF might grab that case to back it. So you never know where it's. Who the hell thought that this was going to happen? Right. I've never heard of the Supreme Court holding three cases. If they don't make a ruling with the uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol case by the by the spring or summer, they're going to have about there's about four more cases working their way through the courts right now. Concealed carry cases. They're going to have twenty concealed carry cases sitting at their desk. And, and you know what Jay just said, they might be able to put all the cases together. All of a sudden, Mark's case might become an NRA case. Yeah. You know, at the end, so what? If they want it, take it. As long as they're going to represent it properly, Jay will have a problem with that because as a 2A historian, he has a different, you know, after the conversation I've had with him, he has such a different take of the historical importance of our Second Amendment where our legislators and, and NRA, everybody's like, Sicardi, 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 Sicardi. A am I right? Am I yeah. right, Jay? Can, can I tell you a little story? Please, please. There's, there's the Chief Justice of the New Jersey Supreme Court, and I'm going back into the mid-1800s. So we have our um, July 2nd, 1776, State of New Jersey Constitution, and it lasts until 1844. So when they put the uh, committee together to redo our Constitution, 
one of the guys on the committee, his name is Hornblower, and he's the chief justice for the Supreme Court. So there's a story about Hornblower. He walks into his office, and his law clerk is reading a copy of Jane Eyre, which most... No, do you know what that is? No. no. Okay. It's it's probably a magazine, like a, uh entertainment magazine. So to put it in uh, 2019 terms, he's on his phone on Instagram. Okay. Okay. And so as <laughs> as the Chief Justice walks into his chambers, the guy takes his copy of Jane Eyre and he slips it under the statute book. And the Chief Justice looks at his law clerk and he says, what are you doing? And he said, well, Chief Justice, I'm reading the statutes. And he said, why would you do that? And he said, because I want to know the law. And he said, Any, anybody who reads the laws doesn't know the law. And so what he meant by that was... The legislature just makes laws that they see fit. A lot of these guys don't really know that the power that they have and that they don't have. And so, like Loretta says, everything's constitutional until the Supreme Court tells us it's not. Right. The problem with the history that's gotten lost is nobody really understands what the Second Amendment is for and why we have it. And so... In the 20s and the 30s, when gun control started to become prevalent, it was to stop organized <coughs> crime. Mm -hmm. But they used that as their foot in the door to start with these other laws. So the original, the original concealed carry permit in New Jersey was designed to stop bootleggers and organized criminals. Right. But then they started to use it to come after everyone, or what Burton would call the fit elements of society. And so then they decide, well, we don't want you to have hollow points. And they get away with that one. And then they decide they don't want you to have an AR-15. They get away with that one for a little while, but then it comes back. You can have an AR-15. You just can't have a bayonet lug and a retractable stock, and you can't have a, a foregrip on it and all these other crazy rules, right? Basically yeah. saying you yeah. can't have one. Yep. And so now you can't, it, you can't have a carry permit. You can't have a magazine over 10 rounds. And pretty much they want to mic – then it goes to what? Micro-stamping ammunition. The 50 calibers out, right? And – then it's they, going to be how much uh, ammo rationing? Right, ammo rationing. Yes. Right, in California. Right, and now, so I think now, which is completely different. Um, you used to be able to just buy ammunition, right? Yeah, we're and on now our way you there. have to show your pistol, ammo, firearms ID card. Firearms ID card, right? So there's yes. there's the door into ammo rationing. Yeah. Well, so well and the door start, start logging in who's buying. Logging mm -hmm. in, and but but you know better than anybody else. The reason that they do that is because when they come and check your books, if your books are wrong, they shut you down, right? Correct. So that's that's yeah, really everything where it's has to match. Right. Everything I has to match. I get the ATF and state police come three to four times a year. Yeah, and they do an up down audit. They'll grab guns, show me the papers. They'll grab paper, show us where the gun is. Right. It's and vice versa. Right. And they look at our ammo consumption. Right. So think about think about think about the logs now that you have to do that you didn't have to do to keep your business going with the ammunition. So they're they're basically looking for any way to yeah. trip people up for, and then basically it becomes right. Mark Mark can't carry. Now Mark can't have a, a magazine more than ten rounds. They're trying to take away. Um, Mark likes the AK. I, I'm an AR guy. They're trying to take away the AK and the AR. I actually bought an AR. Uh, AK's too noisy, but good to have. Basically, basically, it's one after. Then they get rid of like the the 5.7, right? They get rid of that because yes. it's too small. It's and armor they, piercing, right? Then they get rid of the 50 because it's too big. And then basically, by the by the time it's all said and done, we'll we'll allow to be have an airsoft gun, and that'll be it. Yep. Mark, I got a question for you. From a one to ten, ten being a ringer. What odds did you think your case was going to make it all the way to the Supreme Court? Seriously, uh, a one. A one. You thought you had no shot. You figured, but you would just fight it. You have this little minuscule shot to get there. 
I was actually very surprised it was uh, up for conference. I know that we have a very strong case. Uh, we presented an awful lot of information. It's amazing. It um, really is. Our case presents what's happened in the past. It talks an awful lot about what's happened, what's happening now in the present. But it also takes a very, very hard look at what is coming in the future, this case. Um, and that's important. And, uh, yeah, I was a little surprised when it got picked up for conference. I was even more surprised when it got picked up for conference the second time. And I, I'm, I'm, can I honestly say I'm happy where I'm at? Yes, because I'm on hold with everybody else, so I'm up there with everybody else. Uh, but I'm at the same time, I'm not happy that none of these cases are getting heard for whatever reason. So I would like to see it move on a little well, actually, a lot more quicker. I kind of figured it would be over with by now. But uh. It's amazing that he got there, and I'll tell you why. So we're just talking about ammunition regulations, right? When you said, when you said earlier about how difficult it is just to get the application in, when, when in the code it tells you when you turn in your application it has to be certified under oath, <laughs> they made Mark get a notary public stamp every page of his application. In triplicate. In triplicate. Every page. <laughs> every page. <laughs> just, triplicate. Just, it's like getting a permit to, to purchase in New Jersey. They wear you down. That's what it's designed to Come a certain to day, a certain time. Oh, the officer's not in today. Come next week. It's only these hours between this hours. It's to wear you down. Now, Jay, how much of your historical backing and content is in, in this... Uh, at the Supreme Court right now? Yes. Uh, I have 33% of it. And, uh, and is your the first case to have this historical content angle? Yes. Yeah. I want to hold there and Hands talk down. about it when we come back. All you have to do is read Cloward and Pivot, and you see exactly why all the roadblocks are being put up. Yes. By design. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000 pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? 
Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. So Jay says about 33% of Mark's case has his uh, fresh view of the historical background of the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms, which is interesting because Sandy always says as a counterthinker, everybody does the same thing over and over again, and nobody wants to change direction yeah. and step outside the box. They don't want to be wrong all by themselves. There you go. They don't want it. So everybody always relied on Sicardi and this thing and that thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe part of the reason that the NRA wasn't interested in Mark's case, too, was because it's a different direction yeah, than they've always... We've always been fighting it this way. We're right. not going to listen yeah. to you, yeah. youngster upstart, right? right. So, boom. That's the nail I hit on the head. So you two guys chime in here because well, I think that's this, like, you're, imagine well, if your case gets ahead of everybody else's. That's how Mark uh, and I got together, honestly, because I would write some stuff on Facebook and he loved it. It and was so things I've never seen before. Um, and I was a strong believer that the answer somewhere lies in the history. Uh, and we even uh, sold Jensen on it. Uh, we brought Jensen in on the... Jensen is their counsel. David Jensen, David yeah. Jensen. Um, on the Supreme Court part of it, New Jersey Supreme Court part of it, right? Yeah. Is when we brought him well, in. We were, uh, we were shopping for a lawyer. You know I was you know, I was Jensen's original phone call for the Drake case, right? Yes. Yeah. He, he was a little apprehensive to go down the road that we were going down, but in the end he did uh, to a certain degree. So he was able to take what Jay wrote, polish it up a little. Uh, no offense, but... It's fine. He lawyered it up. He Not lawyered it up. He, uh, <laughs> made it pretty... He didn't put lipstick on a pig. He, he lawyered it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he said, look, don't be surprised when you get a letter that just says this is denied. And I said, that's okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm shooting higher anyway. I don't give a damn what New Jersey is. Put it with the rest of my letters. You know, yeah. Yeah, whatever. New, New Jersey's going to deny us. Fine, let them do it. Because I want to go a little bit further. They did deny us, and uh, Jensen said, all right, where do you want to go? I said, Supreme Court. Let's go. Here's, Let's. here's why his argument is different. Most of the other cases actually challenge justifiable need, saying they have justifiable need. Mark's case doesn't do that. So if you know the history of Sicardi, and then Sicardi kind of sits around till 1990 at a case, a case called In Reprise. Mm -hmm. Could, we've got a bunch of new listeners. Could you give just a brief? Okay, so what happens? This is what happens in Sicardi. Let me just give you. Let me give you a rundown. The gun control law comes out in 1966. They say that you don't need a concealed carry permit anymore. You just need a permit to carry. So whether you're open or concealed, you just need a permit. The way it was designed, they just wanted to get a background check on you. The problem was back in the 70s, you could still arm some. In the 60s. 
you could still go to Maryland and buy guns. And that's actually documented. We have all of Attorney General Sills' um, speaking engagements where he said, this is the reason I'm changing the law, was because what was happening in New Jersey was you you could go buy a gun in Maryland if you were a criminal, and you could buy a gun mail order still, right? This right, is pre-68. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen is... When he changed the law and wants you to have um, a firearms ID card, if you go to Maryland to buy your handgun or you get your your handgun through Sears catalog through the Sears catalog, you you didn't go for the background check and get the FID card. Right. And so by changing the law from concealed to all forms of carry, now anybody who goes to Maryland and is carrying a weapon and doesn't have a background check, they can arrest them. That was the design to arrest criminals. It wasn't to it wasn't to shoot Mark down. So, let's fast forward to 1971. Sicardi is a theater uh, owner in Plainfield. He applies for a carry permit. They shoot him down. It, it ends up going to the New Jersey Supreme Court. So, this is basically what happens. This is the history of it. There was never a regulation that went through the New Jersey Register or the New Jersey Administrative Code that changed the law from 1966 to 1971. Basically, all you had to do was fill out an application and write self-defense on it. I have, because Sills was also in the Dodd hearings, to put the federal gun control together. He, they, they designed the federal gun control law after the New Jersey law. It's in, surprise, it's in, surprise. It's in the history yeah. books, that original, that original uh, carry-out. Application. There was no letter of need. It was it was a line that was about maybe two inches long for you to write what your need was. Basically, all they wanted to do is if you had your FID card, they were gonna they were gonna rubber stamp you. They just wanted they just wanted a background check. So you've already passed the background check. And there's something in there that says you don't get your carry permit if you don't pass the 2C58-3 permit permit to purchase. It, it basically was if you want a carry permit and you've already been rendered a fit applicant of society like mark you know he haven't committed any crimes then you just got your carry permit so what happens is a state trooper shot in 68 down at like exit three exit four on the turnpike the state police gets really upset the state police investigation unit starts this new rule that you have to have urgent necessity to get a carry permit but the state police never enters it into the new jersey register and it never makes it into the administrative code Actually, the state police is not allowed to make that rule. The only person who can make that law in the state of New Jersey is the attorney general. So the state police has this new rule that you can't get a carry permit unless they think you have necessity. This thing makes it to the Supreme Court. Justice Jacobs, who's a very liberal anti-gun judge back in, back in the 70s in New Jersey, he knows there's a problem. He knows this thing didn't go in the New Jersey register when they changed, when they made this rule. Um, you could go back to the New Jersey Register, it's 1NJR30, and you'll see basically all you have to do is have the background check and you get the carry permit. It actually doesn't make it into the register until 1991. <laughs> so what happens is the judge knows, oh no, we're in trouble. We have a huge violation of the Administrative <laughs> Procedures Act. We could lose this whole thing on the Administrative Procedures Act. But the judge wants to stop carry too because all the judges, they hate it too. They, but they can have carry permits, right? Of course. But they hate the fact that Mark is going to get one. So they decide they're going to make an internal policy of assignment judges. And the internal policy of assignment judges is urgent necessity. 
and it's buried. So I filed a Freedom of Information Act request for it, and they will not give me the internal <laughs> policy of assignment judges. The interesting thing is, if you go, the, the, the rules of the New Jersey court are written in a book. I have it. It's about this thick, about 5,000 pages. It comes out every year. It's Gan, Gan's Rules of the Court. So every year it gets updated, and you have to get a new one. It's not in there. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. They made it up. <laughs> To cover that they violated the Administrative Procedures Act. Holy shit. Yeah, so yeah. there's some other really, really weird stuff that happens in the court case, okay? so yeah, well, Just to interrupt, and this is why you see from county to county to county, everybody getting, getting denied basically on the same thing. On the same thing, right, sure. Because of this internal policy document right. that doesn't exist. It's almost like a uh, word-of-mouth thing. And if you're going to uh, be, be an assignment judge, you know, the assignment judge, the, the, the one who assigns... The, the gun, the, he, the, there's like a wink and a nod agreement between the two of them. Yeah. You're not going to give I anybody. I mean, maybe they all go to a night class or something maybe. to learn this yeah. that we don't know about. Club um, of some yeah. sort. It's, all, well, it's all very standard the way you're yeah. trying. Well, there's a reason. They took it. They, you used to be able to go to any superior court judge and get this permit. And then some superior court judges were like, hey, you know what, Mark? I think you're right. And they were issuing <laughs> permits. And the assigned judges were like, whoa, 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 whoa. This oh, is ridiculous. We're going to pick it. Like, you know, $100. If a hundred dollars hit my hand over here, yeah, they, maybe there'd be a. Now they have a gun. Per, there's a one gun permit judge in each county. That, that, <coughs> so, so there's some other weird stuff. But look, before we get to the other weird stuff, let me just let me just explain why the history is important. So, priests, when it comes out in '91, basically this is how the Sicardi rule enters the administrative code, not as a regulation, but as a Supreme Court rule in 1991 so it's like 23 njr 2251 that's 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 the page in the new jersey in the new jersey record okay so that's how they enter it as a supreme court rule it's no longer the, the investigation unit of the state police's rule it's now the judge's rule but that doesn't exist <laughs> but what what happens in priests is they're basically trying to say that their system is constitutional because when they try to figure out whether Mark meets the criteria of the Sicardi rule, right? Which we said is specific threats, previous attacks, and then they throw that third one in there, which is a special need? Special. Something special. Special I'm purpose, special. special need. Right. Which is weird, right? <laughs> yeah. So your constitutional rights are, are, you have to be special. Anyway. And you have to have all three. You have to have all three. Yeah. So three. anyway, what happens in Priest is, and I've read Priest maybe 2,000 times. That's it? Priest says the reason our our permit carry law is constitutional is we decide every case on a case by case basis. They say this in 1991. So this is New Jersey court precedent. Is if you go to the law division in Superior Court to get your carry permit, there is no standard. They look at your case, quote unquote, on a case by case basis. So t go back to 2010. I'm reading Miller when it comes out. I'm not Miller, excuse me, McDonald, when mm -hmm. it comes out, okay? The reason I'm, I'm fascinated with McDonald is because when I went for my carry permit and I got to appeals court, they said, you have really good arguments, but the Second Amendment doesn't apply to the states, so you're, you lose. So the Fourteenth Amendment was huge for me. So I'm reading McDonald, and I get to page 3050 on McDonald, and they basically say, as we said in Heller, there is no more interest balancing. It's not up to the judges to decide on the decide on a case-by-case uh. -case basis if the right is really worth insisting upon. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. New, wait a minute. I think I've read somewhere that New Jersey decides the carry permits on a case-by-case basis. So I go back. I search Sicardi. It's not in Sicardi. The next one you go to is Priest, and boom, pops right up in Priest. We decide carry permits on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. So that is the crux of Mark's argument. We're not, we're not getting into the Second Amendment at all. We're basically saying, hey, Heller said no more case-by-case determinations of permits for, to exercise your Second Amendment rights. That's that's right. brilliant. That's actually, I think, explained in pretty good detail in the Amicus brief, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's 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 explained it's explained very well. Like that was one of the one of the, I almost had to the sell Jensen sell Jensen to take the case, but I had two conversations with him the night he t- talked to Mark the first night for an hour. I, I was picking my kid up at school and I'm in the parking lot for an hour talking oh, to him. Geez. He was a little hesitant because he's running some other cases. He called me back like 30 minutes later. I'm standing in my driveway. It was like this. I think it was like this time of year. I remember it was cold. And I had another hour-long conversation with him. And he had finally wrapped his head around the case-by-case basis. And he called Mark, and that was the day. And that was the day that he took the case. So that is really, that is really Mark's argument: is you guys don't have a standard. And and. When you're exercising constitutional rights, you have a standard. Yes. It, it doesn't come down to special needs. Right. That's how you get a guy like Cal Calstrom in Somerset County that wants a job as a, a armed security guard in uniform who was a Marine right. working for a bona fide security company, and the Superior Court judge denied his carry permit, and he's, he's appealing it. Did, did he deny his carry permit or a renew one? Carry he, no, not a renew. Denied right. the initial carry right. permit. Initial. But here's okay. the problem is they never granted him a hearing. They, the judge right, just okay, denied right, it right. without a hearing. No hearing. Yeah, so now Knappen is, uh, has that case, uh, and they're, they're, they're appealing to get him a hearing, and they're trying to make it. It's supposed to be you get everybody gets a hearing. This judge decided not to hear it. He just the dismissed it. The whole reason Burton v. Sills, the gun control law, was held constitutional in 1968 was because of that hearing. They said, listen, all the other constitutional constitutional safeguards don't even matter the fact that you can apply and then and then appeal to the superior court judge and then take it to appeals court and then to the new jersey supreme court is more of a safeguard than anything else so that's how they ruled the constitutionality of the gun control law so if if this guy didn't get his hearing i mean that's that's really a problem he didn't get his hearing well that's that that violates the whole premise of burden and it's interesting because all of the security officers that live in Somerset County, that prosecutor and that judge denied. All the other, like, 40 employees that live in different account- counties have their carry permits and working bona fide security jobs. Wow. It was just one judge and one prosecutor decided we don't want anybody to have guns. Decorated Marine, he wa- he's retired, he wants, he was a retired wants, teacher. He just wants a side job. He just job. wants to get a side job. <laughs> And of course, in New Jersey, you need to have armed security at a theater. Movie theaters. It's movie theater security. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. 
The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms and those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun for Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. All I want to say is thank God that Bob Ramo from Shooter's Gauntlet That's had the trespasser who was on his property that he caught in his uh, trail cams. The guy came forward and apologized for trespassing because he was ready to offer a scalp reward. Okay? <laughs> Shooter's Gauntlet. Yes, he has a Black Hawk helicopter hull that he's setting up on this mechanical zip line shit where you're going to be able to shoot M60s, AK-47s, and M16s and AR-15s out <laughs> no, of the helicopter. I still don't know how they're going to stop it. <laughs> right. You know, all I know is all I know is I'm not going to be the first one on it. Okay, no, no we'll I'm watch. Not, I'm not testing it. So if you can check out ShootersGauntlet.com. That's where we hold our 15. 100 yard uh, classes there. I don't do that shit. I shoot no bit, no more than 25 yards with a rifle and no if more I than 7 yards it. with a handgun. <laughs> which leads me, because these guys are going to close the show. January, uh, the December Urban Revolver class is sold out. The January 17th Urban Revolver class, Sandy and I are taking. It's a Friday night. Sold out? It's uh, not sold out yet. There's two slots left, but you or I are in it. So okay. get ready. Okay. Uh, I'm shooting a Nerf gun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we have a whole slew of other classes. And remember, January 26th is at Tenzia Kali Pen and Knife. So my housekeeping stuff is done. You two guys are back. Talk to me. All right. Uh, Anthony, I, I want to present you with the uh, Mark Cheeseman original Supreme Court. 
petition. These are the same booklets that the uh, justices from, have. That's from the Supreme Court printer. I want. Th- I wanted this fucking thing. I saw the Rogers one <laughs> down at an NRA board meeting, and I couldn't glom one. Give this him a pen. Sign it, man. I did. Oh, you signed it. I already did. Yeah, uh, and this is yeah, in appreciation for all your support. Oh my God, I can't believe I have this. Yeah, you can read if you uh, can read if you can't read my writing in there. Just call me. I can tell you what it is. <laughs> I can't believe I got f you, Sandy. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to read this back <laughs> to back now. This I'm taking this with me. T- uh, away anyway. It's good uh, bathroom reading. No, it's a, no, no. I needed know. this. Thank you so much. Oh, I read man. in the bathroom. I mean, yeah. Thank, thank <laughs> you so much. I wanted to steal a Rogers one from the NRA board meeting, but uh, don't go, huh? Yeah, I'm already in hot water. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? It's, 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 nobody's talking to me down can there. Can I imagine you're in hot water? Was that the uh, question? Yeah. Oh. Nobody's talking to me there. Anyway. Hey, I, I just want to. I just want to. Go back before the break of the Calstrom case. Please, real quick. please. So he's a th- theater. He wants to be a security guard at a yeah. movie theater? Yes. Okay. So when they told Sicardi he couldn't have his carry permit, they said, you don't need a carry permit. You can hire an armed security guard. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. in the case. Yeah. No but more. apparently you can't <laughs> yeah. because they can't get permits <laughs> either. Right. right there. And, and the company that, that Cal wanted to work for is a bona fide licensed security company in New Jersey that has contracts all over the state. Yeah. They're uniformed. They yeah. have standards. No. He has yeah. insurance and everything. Yeah. The New Jersey judges only think their bailiffs should carry guns and that's it. Uh, correct. Yeah. I know. I've been to divorce court and when the, when my ex's uh, attorney was calling me a bully and stuff, the two sheriff's officers closed in on the table to make sure I didn't throw a temper tantrum. When I went to court, Superior Court, of course, I'm the bailiff standing there and I'm like, what do you got? Smith the Wesson M&P. <laughs> we start chatting up about the yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. He got yelled at by the judge for <laughs> discussing his <laughs> firearm with me. Uh, yeah. They want to talk a little shop. So, so... The next show we're going to tape is we're going to have a two-way historian uh, show. But I want to remind people that this case is still going on. We don't know where it's going to end up. It might get knocked back down to the Third Circuit, which, by the way, I just read a uh, tweet. Uh, Donald Trump has nominated his 182nd federal judge that has been nominated has been sworn in today. 182. Excellent. Okay, 160 was one-third of all the federal court slots, so he surpassed that. And he's got five more years to go. So he's going to right. change the makeup forever. But the Third Circuit now has a two-judge conservative majority. That tips us in the conservative. But two conservative now, majority. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're, if the Supreme Court takes the Cheeseman case and kicks it back down to the Third Circuit, we have a two-judge majority. Yeah. Now. Hardiman needs some help down there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, the New Jersey will go apoplectic if this <laughs> happens. You know that, right? <laughs> well, well, we don't. We don't know what the future is, but I want to put this out. It's GoFundMe.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. It's the holiday season. Instead of buying the Panettone, the Bundt Cake, the Fruit Cake, or whatever else you were going to do, you fat bastards, how about throwing 20, 25, 50, 100 bucks towards the Cheeseman case? It's self-funded. We don't know where this case is going to end up. And if you think this fight is over, Mark is going to be like McDonald. Mark is going to be like Heller because if New Jersey has to issue carry permits, he's going to be the first one that has to go through the rigorous background process and shit, and the next lawsuit is going to stop, start. Right. Maybe we'll get the NRA to help, maybe we'll get ANJRPC to help, I'll do my best to help, but if we don't, 
We're going to fund it. He's doing this for a million gun owners in New Jersey. He's probably doing it for 300,000 residents that would like to have a carry permit. He's not just doing this for himself. You heard what Jay was saying there. So this shit doesn't happen by accident. And he's not definitely not doing it with his good looks because the three of us in here are ugly bastards. <laughs> so he needs the money. So go on the GoFundMe case. Mark, Back to you guys. Wait a minute. Mark has a special announcement I think he's going to make. So. Hit me. Hit me. Mark has asked me what we're going to do. We've, we've been waiting, right? Like, we do all this work. It's amazing. You do, like, three weeks of, you know, I'm on the computer for 18 hours a day trying to punch stuff out. Mark's getting it printed up. We're on the phone with the lawyers. And then you do all this work for three weeks, and then you turn your stuff in, and you just sit and wait, and there's nothing yeah. to do. So Mark says to me, well, what are we going to do now? Go ahead. Tell him. We're seriously thinking about... Um bringing uh, a suit against the state to bring down the permit to purchase. Handguns. Okay. Handguns. We're going to take a serious look at that. So, um, basically, we're going to do the exact same thing we just did with the carry case. We're going to use the history of why you need the permit to purchase, which was because you could get your mail-order gun, right? or you could buy your gun out of the um, Sears catalog, or you could go to Virginia or, or uh, Maryland or another yeah. state and get it and bring it back, and they just wanted a serial number log to, to keep track of them all. Well, it's no longer necessary. So when you go down, remember, pre-68, guns right. didn't even need serial numbers, That's right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. right, absolutely. Yeah, right. so they, they just wanted to get a track on all these, on all these guns. And so the the handgun. Let's not forget what happened in 1968. Uh, Everybody was killed in it, in it, and there was riots, right? And Something it was like riots. that. Yeah, and and that was the main reason for the gun control, the the with force that we have in New Jersey, yeah. is because we didn't want quote those people oh. to have guns. Yeah, the Jim Crow laws. Yes, Jim Crow. Yeah. We, we've talked about this, I think, on this show before with the 1964 Democratic National Convention. Right. When the Mississippi Freedmen came up here and the state police with Sills and the state police superintendent <laughs> yep. freaked out because they didn't want those <laughs> black guys from, from <laughs> Mississippi <laughs> coming up here and, and right. demonstrating. Right? right? And there was a full panic that went right. into effect. And they were it's, all Democrats, surprisingly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard to just sit idle. Um, you get to a certain <laughs> point, and you, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, and here you sit and wait. All right, so while we're sitting and waiting, we, uh, we're contemplating on doing some Something other things. Something to do. Uh, I'm so in 100%. We, you know. I'm in. Whatever we got to We need do. to start chipping away at this more and more. Uh, how many anti-gun bills are in the legislature right now? I think 115. Maybe right. more. 115. Right. Murphy will sign everyone that's put on his desk. Absolutely. The only thing that stands in his way is Steve Sweeney at this point. You imagine this is why you don't burn in bridges behind you. <laughs> yeah. well, all of a yeah. sudden, Steve Sweeney's the kingmaker again. Right. Okay? <laughs> and I still believe Sweeney's going to primary Murphy. And Sweeney's going to get the Democratic nomination. Yeah. And Murphy's going to be out. Well, you, I think a lot of these... I think one of the reasons that... Not that, not that Kim was a wonderful candidate or anything. She looked a little bland to me. But from talking to the young people that I work with who don't know anything. Like, they don't even know um, who Adam Schiff is, right? So these people know nothing about politics at all. They were one-issue voters, and they voted for pot. Yep. <laughs> And they, didn't they get, and they didn't get their pot. <laughs> right. And yep, so, so they're probably <laughs> mad that they didn't get their pot. Well, that was that whole, that whole debacle that happened on Atlantic City Boardwalk. That was a... That was all about pot. I mean, it, it, well, they're going to the put it on parties. the ballot, aren't they, in 2020 or, or not? I don't know, but all I know is if I was a 20-year-old kid who only got out of 
bed in my mom's basement to go vote to because go I wanted some <laughs> legal weed, and then I didn't get yeah. it. That would be pretty angry. Well, I mean, <laughs> that and what? There was only 38% of registered voters actually came Correct. out. Correct, and Christy didn't support Kim. Yeah. So, if, But if you go, I troll Phil Murphy's Facebook yes, page. Yes, you do. Whatever he posts, I put yep. something tax. 24-7, I get alerts when he posts shit, right? <laughs> You'll notice... I can't help it. You'll get. You'll notice that as that eighty percent of the posts are about some shit that's going on at a garbage dump in Kearney, right. and why didn't you legalize weed and the bear hunt? Those are the three things you see. Yeah. He failed to deliver fully on the bear hunt. He's hiding from Kearney with the sewage or smell or whatever, and he's done shit with the uh, marijuana, marijuana legalization. Street, yeah. Meanwhile, so, we have bears walking down Main this, Street there's, in Patterson. They're smoking joints. <laughs> there's, a smoking there's, a reason, there's a reason he fought it so hard, because he wanted, he wanted all the former convictions to be expunged. Correct. There's a reason behind that story. What votes or oh more shit, huh? There's okay. <laughs> that there's st- personal stuff that not my personal stuff. Yeah. There's personal it stuff is. about why he why he wanted previous arrest to be expunged. <laughs> so so he hasn't really delivered, and again he pissed off. He pissed yeah he pissed off Norcross. Yeah, he delivered on gun control, but Sweeney could have given him a, a lot more shit to sign, and he didn't. That's, that happened, too. So he held the, back on uh, some stuff. The general consensus of a lot of uh, gun owners right now is leave Sweeney alone. Yes. We are just watching and waiting to see what he does. We're not sure if we can call him a friend or foe or what, but we're watching him. It was very interesting to see Sweeney come out. And, well, he publicly made a statement that he was against Tim Railmay. Right. He was against it, yes, but he had pressure, party pressure. Party pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, I get that. Okay. And secondly, uh, with the uh, raising fees on the firearms ID cards and the permit to carry, nobody he held gets that. one anyway, but, you, you know, they were going to raise fees on it, that uh, he was against that, too. He so also held the training bill. Remember, he was A-rated by the NRA for about 14 years. He, right. He went yeah. to F when Christie came in and after the Newtown, Connecticut tragedy, and he passed a couple of, he pushed a couple of laws through under party right. pressure, and the parents from Newtown came down, and that's when Sweeney went from an A to an F. So uh, he knows he has to be a moderate because Murphy's yeah. taking it so far to the left now that it's ludicrous. You know, yeah, we're going to give said a to a number of people, stay, stay, stay off his back. It, it, yes. Just. Well, I don't troll his page. Let's sit and watch just, what he does. But just stay the off AG, his back. just the AG in the government. You got to remember, he comes from a very conservative part of the state. Sweeney does. Yes, well, uh, West Stepford. He's not far from me. Right. Well, uh, the last ANGRPC meeting, board meeting we had in New Jersey, you've been to one of them. Our chief lobbyist, Rob Nixon, in open meeting said, "You know, Anthony, uh, the Attorney General and the Governor both know you by first name." <laughs> I was like, "Cool." They know where I live, too. Anyway, uh, listen, guys, listen up. GoFundMe.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. Looks like they're going to be starting more trouble in New Jersey that I'm going to back them up with. So it's our own Mark Cheeseman. I want to give you a a little round of applause for having the balls to do what you did. J Factor, our two haste historian here. I already did the classes and everything, so I'm going to wrap up. I can't believe I have this. A booklet, the Supreme Court of the United States, Cheeseman versus Effin Grubel. This is this is great. I mean, this will be in my new office when the building next door is done. Thank you, gentlemen. Sandy, we're done. Uh, I want to take a pee-pee break and go take the next show if you don't mind. 
Yeah, we don't mind just as long as you leave here before you pee. No, too late. You <laughs> <laughs> gotta recycle that, that bottle somehow. That, that whole smile on your face kind of thing. You had yes. a look of contentedness. Yeah. Well, you know, Anthony's right. Uh, you're going to buy a lot of things in the next couple of weeks, and I think one of the big things that you should do is consider buying a little piece of your freedom and support this case. I mean, these guys are, have been funding this right from the get-go. Uh, I really think it's got probably the best uh, chance of all the cases that are sitting in front of the Supreme Court. It's by just personal opinion because it came through the courts pro se. And it doesn't ha it has the backing of a real live human being behind it. So, you know, do the right thing. Five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. Mark, what's where should they donate the GoFundMe page? GoFundMe restore carry New Jersey. And it looks like you've done it again. You wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Good Friday Radio. Good Friday Radio is a kind of the community production. The music used in this broadcast is honored by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, the rest of the crew here at Gun Friday Radio, we thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. See you next week.